0: Welcome to Story U Talk Radio. I am your coach, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this hour with me. We talk about your stories here, the stories you live by, the stories you're writing, the stories that you are giving life to and you are seeing come into your own expression. We also talk about how you might deliver these stories, either by way of a speech, a book, a podcast, an article. This is your place to get some live coaching from myself. And today you're in luck. I have a, a wonderful guest with me. If you follow the show, you know him well. His name is Clayton Olson. He is an international relationship coach, and I will be bringing him on the show in just a little bit. But be thinking about your love questions, because we're going to talk today about relaxing into your love story. If you're like me, you might have a tendency to just every now and then, not, not all the time, but just every now and then. Get in there and sort of control things in the love life area instead of relax or maybe micromanage things just a little bit instead of relax or maybe you are relaxed and you feel like someone's coming in and micromanaging you or controlling you. They're not really letting you be their best self and it could be for great reasons like they have a wonderful vision of what they want to experience with you, and they just want to get there quicker. But does that really allow us to expand into the relationship that we're dreaming of, and more importantly, that we're dreaming up together? So I bring in experts to help on this. I mean, I might be able to help you do your best to align with your self-expression, but ooh, when it comes to a life partner. Yeah, I reach for the big guns. I get the good help. So you're in for a treat today. I welcome your questions. You can call into the show and receive live coaching. And our number here is one eight 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 1-888-298-5569. So that's one eight eight eight. Two nine eight five five six nine. Now, one thing I want to tell you about our topic today, relaxing into your love relationship, is that I am a huge fan of what's called the Enneagram. Now, if you haven't heard of it, don't worry. We're not going to do a, a master class on it today in any way. But we are going to just kind of pluck out three little areas that just might help you get aligned a little bit more with the idea that you might be leading from your feelings. Or you might be someone who leads from your thinking. Or you might be someone who leads from your gut. Yeah you really are connected to your instincts. I mean, for for right now, just kind of take a little notice. Are you someone who really thinks your way through relationship? Are you someone that allows your heart to sort of lead the way? Or do you take it right to your tummy, right to your gut, and you let those responses navigate how you do relationships? Again, if you're new to the Enneagram, it's all fine, but isn't it kind of interesting to start to notice that there are patterns out there that you fit into? And by knowing a little something about your patterns, you can start to see where you might lean into help and more alignment for your relationship. Now, you can't see him uh but I can if I can figure out where to look I can see him I haven't figured that out right now but we have this audio ability thanks to Zoom to zoom into people wherever they are in the world Clayton is actually in Denver I think at a pretty high altitude level in that area he is an international relationship coach He has helped about a thousand people, maybe more, really connect with a deeper sense of alignment around relationship. Now, I think it was possibly 2018 when I was having a real woes me day. Oh boy, what am I going to do? I mean, when you don't know what to do, go straight to YouTube. You'll figure it out real fast. And here was this nice man, Clayton, but he was really exposing these ideas that just felt like upper level thinking and growing. And I went, wow, okay. So I clicked subscribe and I watched him and his team member, Jack Butler at the time, really offer very, very deep, but, you know, short segments on YouTube that had me walking away thinking, I I feel like I have some more skills right now. If I put this into practice and if I bring these ideas to my journal, I can see that I'm going to grow and I'm going to grow in confidence regarding my relationship with myself and how I'm showing up in love. And then I like the content so much, I figured out how to reach out to him and bring him on the show. So it's possible that it was maybe four years ago or so that we first brought Clayton to the show. And it's also possible that in the upcoming months, we will have the opportunity to hear from him more. But let's welcome him today as we talk about relaxing into our love relationships Hey there, Clayton. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, Debbie. It's great to be back on the show again.
0: Thank you. Thank you for showing up and being here and bringing us your knowledge about love, the Enneagram, and, and just how to be present in our mm-hmm. life. Tell us just a little bit about what's uh, been going on with you what mm. are you enjoying as a coach right now? Is there anything new you're going to start bringing to us? Anything at mm. all?
1: Well, I've got a, a thunderstorm that is brewing outside. So if you hear any I heard in the it. background, yeah, hopefully the Wi-Fi connection stays, stays solid. Um, yeah, what's new in my coaching? You know, I'd say that for the last year and a half, I've been in the middle of a pretty big transformation. I am in a a portal of uh, engagement with my uh, soon-to-be wife, and uh, we also- Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We also purchased a house in the mountains, and there's just been a lot of things that have shifted contextually for me. And with that shift in context, there have just been deeper and more expansive questions that I've been asking, uh, ones around like, you know, what is it that I'm building? Uh, what am I being called to create? That's new in the realm of relationship. What's this next chapter look like? Um, I also hit my 40th birthday as well in April, and so there's just been a lot of different gateways that I've started to walk through, and so I feel like you know everything is uh, front and center for me to examine and reorient towards and and make new commitments. Um, in my coaching, you know, I'm just really enjoying going deep with people. And I'm really enjoying, you know, I've been at this now 11 years, 11 years as a full-time coach. And I feel like I'm starting to get to that place where I'm trusting my intuition a lot more and beginning to see the matrix and beginning to see into people in a way that just was not available to me prior. And that has been uh, really exciting and really useful. Um, and has been taking the conversations to just another level of potency with the clients that I've been working with.
0: Oh, nice. Well done. Yes. You know, yeah. 40 is that funny, funny threshold, isn't it? It's Sort mm. of like, I, I remember at least when I was crossing it, uh, I had this idea that I was supposed to either have it all figured out Or quit the things I didn't have all figured out and try something else like fast before the whole world found out. You're a little more mature than I was at 40. I was, I was sort of still in a bratty mind, but you know, still there was this thought of Mm -hmm. I got to have things figured out. And, and yet, because you are a relationship coach, a life coach, and a dear mentor to many. It probably mm. occurred to you that you are just in a really potent area of your life journey, I bet.
1: Yes, yes, and I have not been immune to <laughs> uh, the societal and cultural conditioning of thinking that now everything has to, you know, be be solid from here on out and that I have no more room for mistakes. Uh, that has definitely been something I've I've grappled with and uh, have been questioning. You know the validity of it. Is it is it really true? And um, yeah, it's wild. It's it's been a really big untangling process for me, and um, it's brought up a lot of emotion. So even though I do have perspective and I I stand in a place of being a a chauffeur into deeper relationship with self, um, I'm I'm right next to people doing the work as well and getting hit with some of the same challenges and and pitfalls.
0: Good job. Good job. Yeah, it's not easy to admit that. And yet at the same time, boy, a lot opens up as soon as we mm. do. Would you say now that since we're going to talk about thinkers, feelers, and people that really rely on their gut, would you say that there's one that tends to relate to you more? I mean, I'll just come forward. I'm a, I'm a feeler.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, I would say that I am a mix between a thinker and a feeler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for the really big decisions, I tend to uh, feel into them. And for just the kind of day-to-day, I would say that I really like to get analytical and uh, sometimes it infuriates my partner because she she operates way more from her gut and moves very quickly with decisions and she tends to see me as kind of the titanic that i was trying to steer away from you know the all hands on deck to get it to move in a different direction um and i don't like to identify that way i don't like to see myself that way so when i see that get that reflection from her it kind of pisses me off but um in many ways i mean she's just so fast with how she makes decisions um. yeah.
0: I get you. And, and you're going to find too, that here, 40, 41, 42, going forward, that there are going to be places where the thinker really knows it's time to think and the, and the feeler knows it's time to feel and the, the gut instinct knows it's time to really respond quickly and make that decision. i I I'm seeing now as I look back that that sometimes I had a little more wisdom than I I gave myself credit for, um, mm. and I think usually because yeah I can I can overthink until the dogs come home. I mean just think 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 think. But if I really want to lean into my powers, I I know that I can align with feeling and get answer. I can align with my gut. And get answer. Mm. I can postpone the thinking while I journal and the real thinking I want will come up for me. So mm. I think it's very, very possible that our listeners are going, I can't differentiate if I'm a thinker, a feeler, or someone with more of a gut instinct. But mm. we're gonna mm. help them get to that by asking some key questions. So, for example, yeah. let's, just take, uh, let's just take a moment for the thinkers. And uh, if we find ourselves deep in conversation, we'll just run straight to half past the hour for our first break. But let's yeah. at least open this up for our dear thinkers, those people that tend to say, yeah, I, I think things through. So how might the person who says, I, I might be that one. How is it that thinking actually might even help someone relax into love? Hmm.
1: Yeah. That. Yeah, so I think that, it's funny how I'm starting off with I think. I think <laughs> uh, that your analytical skills can help you understand your partner better, and I think that can lead to a harmonious relationship. I think there's a way in which you may be able to approach situations in a more uh, sober manner where you're able to kind of look at the facts of what's happening uh, or what you believe the facts are and not get too ahead of yourself and too emotional uh, which might allow you to respond from a greater place of equanimity to your partner and build greater intimacy um i think when you are thinking things through can also really help you be uh, very clear with the words that you want to speak, what you want to have come out of your mouth and how you want to communicate and solve problems. And I think that kind of intentionality can make the relationship stronger and have it not go off the rails quite as quickly.
0: Really good. Really, really good. Intentionality I think that probably goes with the thinkers, the feelers, or the guts. And yet there's ways of doing it depending on what we're leading with. So Mm. here's something I want listeners to realize. Even though we're talking about love and finding your way to relax into love or even relax into writing your love story, relax into it as opposed to micromanaging it, controlling it, restricting it, thinking is not a bad thing. It's the Mm. overthinking and the overmanagement that might get you into some trouble. And we've got some people that before the show wrote in and asked about that. So let Mm. us hold you here in these thoughts. We're going to take our very first break here But when we come back, more with Clayton Olson and relaxing into your love story. Stay tuned.
2: You know Coach Debbie from Story Utah Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just Sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach, D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you have reserved this hour to spend with me and to spend with my guest, Clayton Olson. We're really thinking about your love story. There's so many stories I'd like to talk to you about here on the show. We'll talk about family stories. Sometimes we talk about Raising our children and thinking about them. We talk about our business stories. Let's give a little time to our love stories and how we think about them, how we feel about them, how we respond to them, how we sometimes let our gut lead us through those stories. And sometimes how we end up controlling them a bit, micromanaging them a bit, taken over a little bit. And then by knowing that, we can really get aligned again. Clayton's really a master at understanding so many of these components. He lives them in his life. He practices them. He listens to them with his clients. And I just think he is a remarkable resource. If you have not followed him, I challenge you to go to YouTube, look him up, Clayton Olson. You can also find his website, which is ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. That sound right? I hope so. I think so. ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com. That's right. So, wonderful. Let's get back to our topic today. We got the thinkers. We got the feelers. We've got the people... Responding from their gut in love. Now, we have Sophie here. This is someone, I just summarized a teeny bit of what she wrote in here. She's a business owner. She's thriving. She's young, doing well. But she says here, what if I really love him, but I want to build my business for another 3 to 5 years before we get married and have kids can i say that to him i want to get married when i hit seven figures i think that's okay but i do feel kind of bad when i try to say it so mm-hmm. right away when i saw this from sophie and it was part of a longer letter i thought ooh i'm going to i'm going to bump that up to clayton <laughs> <laughs> he's going to know what to say <laughs> or at least take a gander at it. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I would get really curious uh, if Sophie's listening, I would get really curious as to what has you feel bad about saying that. And just to maybe sit with that question, what what feels bad about bringing that to the table? And the reason being is because there could be a, a myriad of reasons here. One could be, Uh, That perhaps there's a way in which you are not wanting to um, kind of uh, draw a boundary around something that feels like it's like an individual need. Um, And there could be a reason there that maybe you feel that uh, the ask is a bit too much or would require too much sacrifice on his part. Um, But my Advice here, or let's just say my invitation to you would be to uh, definitely get this on the table and have a discussion with him about it. Um, And not from a place of making it a demand or some type of hard line, but if you do value the relationship and it is something significant and this, you see this as a marathon with this person, uh, bring it to the table for both of you to chew on and talk it through. And to understand perhaps the impact it has on him. And he might be totally cool with it and feel that he's fully in line and and it doesn't really require much compromise or sacrifice on his part. And it's actually in line with his timing. Um, Or you might find that he does have some objections to that. He has some concerns, he has some fears. I don't know how old either of you are, but just creating a space for that to be heard. And for the two of you to be in a collaborative, present discussion about it not with the purpose of trying to get somewhere with it not from the place of trying to like resolve it in this first conversation but just opening up the topic so that you can get more information and more awareness around how this is affecting the relational field Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's a really important next step because then that based on what comes up there that will dictate what might happen next and how you even feel about it as well, you know, is it three to five years? Is it a hard line around? I need to hit seven figures? Is that kind of a soft line and more of of like an intention? Um, But getting it out in the open and outside of you to discuss with the two of you, I think will help give you greater perspective on your own desire for that as well.
0: Mm, Well done. Now, if Sophie only had me to rely on she would have had she would have had this coming at her she would have heard gee sophie i wonder if you're trying to protect yourself from something mm. is it is it possible when we receive a marriage proposal and we think that that sounds like a really cool thing to do 3 to 5 years from now that maybe maybe we're protecting ourselves from indulging in it a little too soon. Maybe we want to build up who we are just a little bit more. I, I'm, I'm coming to you for the pro advice here.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a really good point here. And one piece that I'll just throw in is, um, it seems like the way that Sophie also might be calculating this is that uh, it's an either or, it's like black and white, So either I have to, uh, either I'm getting married and then I have to give up the business or I go for the business and I have to give up the quality of the relationship. And what if that's not actually true? What if the, what if actually saying yes to the proposal and going deeper with your partner unlocks a well of resource in the relationship that actually propels you to that next level? And so um, I would get curious around, you know, what are some of the thoughts that might be present for you around what relationship means? Um, You know, I think, and this is just, I'm throwing a little bit of a lob here over the fence, but it might be something to investigate, which is um, avoidant attachment styles tend to make this calculation, Mm -hmm. where they believe that the relationship in some ways has them kind of need to put their life on hold, or they're not able to fully honor themselves in connection. So they keep the relationship at arm's length where, when you move into greater security of being able to be yourself and be in relationship, you realize that the relationship actually offers a incredible amount of freedom and and power for you to create with. Mm -hmm. And so that might be the internal journey to begin to go on. And whether that's with, you know, a coach or diving deeper into it yourself, Uh, around rewriting or maybe looking at your attachments, uh, your attachment style more closely.
0: Yeah. Well done. Now that you have brought up attachment styles, um, they call that the avoidant attachment style. Mm -hmm. I think I've also heard of the secure attachment style. Wouldn't we all love to be that one? And then there's at least one more. The anxious. Oh yeah, her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing about that. All right. Good, good. Avoidant, anxious, and secure. Almost sounds like the ideal would be to walk through the journey of being an avoidant or an anxious to get to know what security looks like while you're in relationship.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that that can take some work, right? (laughs) Because a lot of these patterns and wiring happen at a very young age, and it's about learning how to trust yourself and trust the other person and trust relationship all simultaneously, which is what moves you into what I think is really the holy grail of healthy relating, which is secure attachment.
0: Yeah, the holy grail. I love that. All righty. Well, Sophia, I hope this serves you and. I I know what will serve you is if you look up Clayton and go to ClaytonOlsonCoaching.com, he will lead you in, on a path that probably I cannot. So I'm turning you over to his very capable hands. And I would love to take a look at the feeling perspective on the Enneagram. And just kind of entertain this idea that if I if I intend to indulge my feelings
1: mm.
0: how might that help me relax into love? like how can I use that as a personality strength of honoring my feelings and maybe having that somehow play out to my advantage somehow in love?
1: Yeah. You know, I think being in touch with your emotions and the sensations in your bodies that are associated with emotions is a way that we really bring presence to ourselves and presence into the relationship. And so whenever we're bringing more presence into the relationship and presence with ourselves and what we're feeling, uh, we're going to increase the level of intimacy that's possible with another person and with life. Um, so, you know, honoring your feelings can help you be more empathetic. It can help you really feel where the other person's at, uh, which are key elements in a loving relationship are being able to really relate to the other person and feel where they're at to be, uh, transparent and to, uh, be connected to yourself and the other person. So there's just so much there by being connected to your body and your emotions in a relationship that are, I think really like the lifeblood of, uh, intimacy and vulnerability and connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, love this so much. I can speak to the listener and, and just say as someone that really tends to lead a lot with my feelings and, Mm -hmm. and sometimes being afraid that that would obstruct a certain boundary, maybe putting too much of my energy forward something that's really helped me in that is having a writing practice that truly honors my my spiritual walk in this life and and really just seeing myself led by a strong higher power than than all that I am some strength bigger than me it it's allowed me to easily like like do a show where where I can talk about just about anything and mm. at the same time I I think that leads into the sort of relationships we have where we're learning that it's it's okay to say what's on your heart as long as you're not throwing your heart out on the table to be held and fixed and and cared for by another so that you can you know abandon mm. your feelings but to learn how to share feelings and to learn that there's there's always something bigger that's helping you through this if you can get a glimpse of her or him way up the road in front of you there's always a power a little bit bigger than you that's walked through life a little bit longer than you who might be able to inform your feelings and help you be articulate about what you want. Mm. That's work for me.
1: That's beautiful. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, what I hear you saying, if I was just to wrap my own language around that, um, is this idea of when we bring our feelings to the table, how specifically are we doing it, right? Are they, are they just like a, a dam's breaking and they're drowning the person in front of us? Or are they coming out with accusations and a lack of ownership? Uh, Are we being impulsive rather than um, really intentional? And what I hear you pointing to in this is how do we construct, what do we tap into, whether it's a higher power, uh, perhaps an element of our own kind of adult ego consciousness, where we are able to kind of hold the younger one on the inside, that the younger part of ourselves and we can, uh, we can parent them properly and then allow ourselves to bring a contained experience of the emotions. Um, versus just kind of a, a, a messy, overwhelming uh, version that might not be constructive and blow the other person out.
0: Yeah, contained. Exactly. And getting comfortable with the idea that by being contained, you're, you're stepping into a higher ability to be as opposed mm-hmm. to to get an answer now or, you know, coming back to what we don't want to do, be the manager of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of feeling-oriented people have this idea that they would be good managers of the relationship, and Mm -hmm. no relationship really wants for one person to take over and fulfill a role like that. I mean, partnership really is about, Two people working on something together. So yeah. yeah, I've I've done a real deep dive around that because yeah, when I think about where my thinking goes, tends to go more towards business and money management. My gut tends to go more towards is this the house I want to live in for the rest of my life, or is this the job I want to do right now? But whoa, right. oh, when it comes to my love life, man, I'm just. I'm all feeling gooey, ooey, and if if it weren't for something higher, I mean, I know you live in high altitude with mountains. Possibly, the the wisdom of the mountains guides you. But if it wasn't for a general practice with a, a higher power for me, I'd mm. I'd still be kind of down in the weeds, you know, responding the way maybe a 15 year old would be. Nobody wants yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I really get to, when I look into my own life, when I move into the role of trying to be a manager in my relationship and trying to control things, it's typically because there is some type of feeling that I'm bumping up to within myself that I'm unwilling to actually feel. Yeah. And so my control strategies come out and I'm trying to direct and control the outside world so that I don't have to feel maybe helpless, uncertain, afraid angry, weak, right? And the more that I can then actually lean into those feelings and, and sit with them and develop a relationship with those feelings, the more that I can actually relax into love.
0: Yeah. Well, said. relax into
1: love for myself.
0: Yeah. Really good. Clayton. Really good. See, now we're not just telling you a whole bunch of ideas and sending you out in the world. We're telling you what we've been doing Hasn't been easy to, you know, get to a place where we could sit down and talk on live radio about what it might look like to relax in the love, you know. But it's important. It's important to be open to these conversations. So we're really glad you're here. We're really glad that you are listening. You still have time if you would like to write in and ask us a question. We do have a question we're going to come back to answer from Jessica. But first, we're going to take this little break. We'll be right back.
2: You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career, transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just. So Sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach, D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. I am your writing coach, Coach Debbie. I'm also a life coach, and I like to combine the things that you're going through in your life and the things that you might be writing, whether that be a book, a blog, a brand. Maybe it's your love letters. If it is your love letters, you are turning into a really good show for that. We're talking to relationship coach Clayton Olson, you can find him at Clayton com. You can find me, your writing coach, at coachdebbie.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. Did you know, for the ladies, I am starting a Heroine's Journey Mastermind. And this was originally just by invitation only. But it will be extending out to the public. You will have to qualify for it. But this is for the woman who says, I want to write a book and I really want to do it from my heart and soul. I don't want to be all caught up in how do I get 5,000 Amazon reviews in two days? And, you know, those things could happen. But what I'm really saying is I'm going to help you get into the content of your book and I'm going to help you complete it in six to nine months. That first draft is going to be ready to go to your editor in about six to nine months. It will require that you have about 30 minutes a day to give to your writing, to give to your thoughts, but it won't really require more than that. A lot of people think that authors sit around and all they do is write for eight hours a day and bust their back over their thoughts. And there are some crazy people that do that, but they didn't go through my program. We do it very, very differently. This is my first program just for women. I don't think you'll find much on my website about it, but if you write to me, Debbie at coachdebbie.com, again, Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y debbie at coachdebbie.com, I'd be more than happy to invite you to the introductory little Zoom class I'm doing or send you the recording of it. That'll be on September 22nd. You can also go to coachdebbie.com and click on the newsletter sign up and you'll get the information that way. Like I said, it was just going to be a little invitation only, but We're thinking we'll open it up to a few extra yous out there. We'd love to meet up with you. Listen, today we are talking about relaxing into your love story. Now, some of us have a tendency to get in there and really control our love stories, but that's not not what our love story wants from us. Our love story wants partnership with the other, and maybe with other powers that be to come in and to be trusted and to let them guide us. You're really meant to relax into your love story, if you ask me. And I would hope that you would try doing this on a day-to-day basis and that you would let your relationship teach you to be an exceptional human being. I really hope someday when I leave this world that There is someone who has loved me and who stands up and says, you know, practicing all this love stuff with Debbie was a bit of a journey, but she really did try to be an exceptional human being. Boy, would that make me happy. I'd be doing a little heavenly dance if somebody said that about me, and you would too. That would feel good. Now, Clayton and I were taking a Little break there. You had a little commercial to li- listen to on your side. But we do have a question from Jessica. Again, I summarized it before we started the show so we could really get down to the point here. And I feel for her. She says, I get really lonely when my husband travels, and he travels a lot. I have some family nearby and we had our baby two years ago, I thought that would fix it. But the more he travels, the more I feel forgotten. And I paused it right there. I just thought that was really powerful. The more he travels, the more I feel forgotten, even though she's got family nearby, and even though she has a little baby. Um, I'm thinking, that this might be connected to more of the feeling type on the enneagram, but I do know this. I I know I know Clayton has some help for Jessica here. What might you tell our writer?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first I just want to say that I feel for you, and it does sound like a difficult situation to be in partnership with somebody that you love, and uh, when they travel at brings up these strong feelings um, that don't sound comfortable. Where my spidey sense goes listening to this is that the feeling that may be coming up is a artifact of the past, something possibly from a a younger version of you that may have felt something like this when you were growing up. And the reason I say that as just a place to begin to look is so that we can get a little bit more flexibility in beginning to disidentify what's actually happening in your current circumstance as being the main cause of of your feelings right now. And so another way of saying this is sometimes we unconsciously find ourselves in situations that trigger certain feelings to come up within us because there's a way in which our soul wants to present these feelings to us so that we can heal and if we don't have that frame we might experience the circumstance as something that is just kind of creating suffering for us and we don't really understand why and we might not have or be able to tolerate it Um, but my invitation to you in this is whatever it is that's happening with your with your husband traveling that is bringing up this feeling of being forgotten the first step would be to sit with those feelings like we were talking about before the break and perhaps develop a practice of allowing yourself to feel the sensations of what it's like to be forgotten, to allow yourself to really go into your body, to notice the story that you might be creating, notice the feelings and befriend that experience to the best of your ability and how you befriend it is not trying to finagle it or spin it. It just means to be present with it. And to realize that the feeling of being forgotten is not going to kill you. Now, the feeling of being forgotten as a child very well could, that feels absolutely annihilating. And if a child is forgotten, a child very well could die. But the beauty of being an adult is that a lot of times these feelings that come up when they've, they've been there from a very long time ago, our nervous system doesn't know that. And so as an adult, there's an opportunity to be with that and to begin to recode your relationship with that feeling. Now, what you might find is that emerging from this place of presence with this feeling, it might be that there is some type of conversation that you end up having with your husband around maybe agreements when he's traveling or some type of structure that the two of you could collaborate on that would actually have you feel more connected to him while he's traveling. Right. And so that there's a there's a way of then being able to work with some of the outside circumstance and see if there can be some things that are adjusted. But the first step is to go within and get really curious about what is happening for you and how can you be with that experience more fully um, that may crack open an insight and a next step to then have a conversation on the outside with him.
0: Mm, Well done. What's your thoughts
1: on that, Debbie? Yeah. Well
0: done. Well, my first thought, Jessica, was I—I I really related to what you were saying, and I remember how when I was in a situation about fifteen years ago, the—the the thought that first came up was, "Well, this—this this is my life. I—I I feel lonely in this life." It didn't really occur to me that it really was connected to a very, very familiar feeling from childhood. And that even by looking at that or feeling that or noticing that, I could heal those feelings and be more present in the relationship and have a conversation around. Um, in my case, it wasn't exactly traveling. It wasn't exactly what you're going through, Jessica. But still, I remember that terrible feeling of having to go long periods of time without the partner near and and feeling very lonely. So I, I just want to ensure that as you can see back into the familiar story of being young and being on your own in any way that it was, you will start to feel into the confidence that the current day Jessica is far more equipped to work through this than the little little person you were when perhaps it was originally going on. And like, like Clayton said, you know, it would be it would be your death if you were abandoned as a little tiny person, and yet that's not what you're facing right now, but the, the feeling inside of you might be confusing you so that it seems like it is. So, yeah, I, I would work with, I would take it straight to Clayton if it were me. Um, and I think you will find that there is a real gateway for you to separate what's going on in your life and what has been your story so that you can come back and feel really whole about dealing with it. Wow, was I just a really good relationship coach there, Clayton?
1: That was beautiful, Debbie. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, nice articulation of that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have one last little area I would like to touch on here, <laughs> and that is the instinct. Mm-hmm. This might be someone who's uh, very, very able to make those quick decisions. But I kind of want to ask if we hmm. tend to be that person that trusts our gut, how might this really pay off in the love life and and even allow us to relax with a partner for more gut
1: oriented. Yeah, I think that we get the opportunity to stay out of our head when we can trust our gut and we can move very quickly. We can move quickly into um, commitment. We can be decisive. There's a way that we might be able to lead. There's a way that we can create momentum and growth in a relationship, trusting our gut. You know, our instincts often guide what feels right in the relationship. And when we trust our gut, oftentimes there's a deeper value system that we're honoring within ourselves when we trust our gut. So there may be a way we're actually aligning more with our values. Mm, when we right. align more with our values, we're bringing more of a full and complete version of ourselves to the relationship rather than leaving some aspect of us behind.
0: Oh, well done. Yes, yes. And I like so much that you said right off the bat that the gut is there to, to give us this higher knowing that our if it went to our thinking, we might you know tumble around with. little Mm. more. And and that might not be necessary at all for our Mm. decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. And I think there's plenty of people that think that their gut has gotten them in trouble. You know, they met Mm. someone, they moved in two weeks later, they got engaged four months Mm. later, they were walking down the aisle, then there was a baby and (gasps) we, you know, all of that. Uh, At the same time, I I have to tip my hat to people that have the courage to say, in this moment, I feel a knowing about it. Mm-hmm. There's a real courage. But, you know, was it a true gut? Was it a true gut hit? Yeah. And that might take a little bit of exploring. What we wanted to do today was to bring you the opportunity my dear listeners, to think about the fact that your love relationship can be something you relax your way into. Partnering can be something that you relax your day into. It doesn't have to be something you think out, write out, navigate your way through, manage, micromanage, control, all of that. I mean, it might be here and there along the way. But it doesn't have to be that to get the results that you're hoping for. And my guess is the result you're hoping for is just a darn good partnership, you know, something that feeds you, something that you contribute to and feel so good about. What if relationship was just that? I think we would all be doing a lot more relaxing. So I would just like to remind you, you can find Clayton at claytonolsoncoaching.com. Are there any final words you would like to leave with our audience today?
1: Yeah, I'll just say that the three different centers of intelligence that we talked about today are just exactly that. There are places where we can derive information from, that can ultimately help guide our life. And it's not about just using one or overusing one. It's about being able to tap into all of these as if they're part of your team and being able to tap into your mind, your feelings and your gut when making decisions and getting a more holistic 360 degree view of how your body, mind and heart are responding to situations.
0: Yeah, well done, well done. Let's be holistic in love. I like that very, very much. Thank you for being here, Clayton. Well, let's have you back real soon, okay?
1: Thanks for having me, Debbie. Great conversation as always.
0: You betcha, you betcha. I just love what you impart on our listeners here.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: again, everyone, that's Clayton Olsoncoaching.com. You can also find them on YouTube, Instagram. You can find me, your writing coach, coach Debbie dot com. I'd love to hear what you're up to. Until next Thursday, my friends, when we bring you a new topic, we will see you then right back here. And I wish you a great week. Namaste.